celebrities, they're able to get this misinformation out there. Today on Spot On, we're going to find out who you should and shouldn't be listening to for your health, nutrition, and wellness advice. This is Spot On, a health and wellness podcast for college students, soon to be college students, or anyone that knows a college student. Spot On breaks through the latest health and wellness information hijacked from media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. I am a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition in You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Do you listen to the advice of celebrities for your health and nutrition and wellness information? Today's episode, we're going to be looking at this and just how sound the advice that comes from these celebrities. Let's go to the street and find out if college students are looking to celebrities for the health and wellness advice. I don't follow any celebrities specifically for their health and like wellness. I don't work out, so I really don't have a vested interest in it. I follow Kayla It Signs, and it's basically it's a fitness uh, Instagram, and I really like it because she gives a lot of helpful tips in terms of how to work out, but also in a healthy manner. I don't follow any particular health and nutrition um, influencer, but I definitely look on my explore page on Instagram and just see what different people uh, recommend. I do follow Holistic RX for health and fitness and nutrition. I've never felt the need to like follow somebody who has like seven abs, plus like also like does sit-ups with their like baby. Those people are very, very weird to me. I'm a vegetarian, so like sometimes it's nice to see more adventurous things that they make. So I don't really think they've accomplished anything in life, so I don't think their advice is valid in really any way other than the fact that they have a lot of people following them online, so I try to avoid it. I follow the Kardashians. It's hard, honestly, but I'm so curious. So, based on what we just heard from the streets, I guess Dr. Kardashian is very important when it comes to finding out about nutrition, health, and wellness advice. Let's find out if that's really one of the best sources you can go to. I am so excited today to have on Spot On uh, Tim Corfield, and he is a professor, uh, faculty of law and school of public health at the University of Alberta in Canada. So he's going to be actually calling in today from Canada. Also, Tim, um, I, uh, I asked him to graciously um, send me his um, resume so I can read up a little bit about him. And Tim, when I went to print it out, we ran out of paper because the, the resume is 500 pages long. Do you know that? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but uh, uh, I have to, I've been involved with a lot of things. I feel fortunate. That's good. That's good. All right. You were also voted out of Alberta's 50 most influential people in 2016. My goodness gracious. He is the author of The Cure for Everything, 
Untangling the Twisted Messages About Health, Fitness, and Happiness. That was by Penguin. And the one, the, the second book, which I absolutely love, is is Gwyneth Paltrow, Wrong About Everything, How the Famous Sell Us Elixirs of Health, Beauty, and Happiness. And that was by Beacon Press. But your most recent adventure, which is fabulous, is you are the TV host and co-producer of the Netflix um, uh, series, a User's Guide to Cheating Death. And I have watched this, and this is absolutely fabulous. So how did this all come about? How did you become, you know, this warrior against crazy uh, advice that's not based on science? You know, I, I get asked that all, all the time, and I, and I wonder if I just have some kind of predisposition to be annoyed by misinformation, because it really, you know, keeps me up at night. I get so upset when I hear something ridiculous in the media, particularly if it comes out of a celebrity's mouth, but really anywhere. But you know, you know how it happened? Probably this, very similar to, to your career. You just start noticing it increasingly, and you start seeing this greater and greater disconnect between how it's being represented in the public sphere and what the science actually says. And, and so we start, actually started doing more research on that question, right, on and how this stuff is all represented uh, in the public sphere. And, and that kind of uh, drew me increasingly into uh, you know, working with the popular media and, and doing stuff uh, like we're doing today. So, you know, I love it. Um, and I think it's becoming increasingly important with all that misinformation that's out there right now. No, I mean, as, as we heard from the clips on the streets, uh, these celebrities really have a strong influence on everyone, not just college students, but everyone. And, and why do you think that? Why are they have this, you know, charismatic hold on us in, in a field that they are not trained in, like health, wellness, and nutrition? You know, it's a, it's, that's a great question. And, and I think it's complex because a lot of people will often say, oh, why do people listen to Gwyneth or to Tom Brady even uh, instead of, of an expert? And I don't think that's exactly what's going on. People don't believe Gwyneth Paltrow is an expert on, uh, you know, gut health or uh, has, you know, great scientific credentials. I think what happens is that celebrities, you know, their megaphone is just so large and they're able to get this misinformation out there. And there's a lot of really interesting research that shows just being exposed to misinformation, right? Just being exposed to the noise can have an impact. It's called the mere exposure effect. Hmm. And that's, that's why fake news can have right. an impact, e- even, if, even if we know it's not true, right? right? It can still have an impact because it just it keeps these myths, this misinformation alive. And so I think that's one of the things that's often underplayed in the context of celebrity culture. You know, Katy Perry's got over 100 million followers on Twitter, right? And, and when she says something silly about supplements, a lot of people see that. And, and there's really interesting research that'll show, that shows that just seeing that, it, it becomes more believable, it seems more credible, just because you're able to recall it. And then the other interesting thing is research shows that you'll actually invent a more credible history <laughs> to your belief. You know, it wasn't Katy Perry's Twitter feed, you know, you read it in a credible news source someplace. Um, and, and I think that that really does have an impact on all of us. The, the other thing, of course, that's going on is, is personal branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and celebrities play a big role. And as you know, in food, this is really important, right? right. People, you know, Gwyneth's got a great brand, um, and people may not necessarily feel she's a scientific expert, but they may still be drawn to 
her brand, right? You know, and so people make purchasing decisions, and we all do this, all of us, mm-hmm. um, uh, based uh, in part on how we want the world to see us. And so celebrities do a great job of saying, well, you know, this is what this purchase means, right? This is what this consumption means. And, and, um, and let's be honest, she's got a great brand, and, and that has an impact. You know, this is really, Tim, this is not a new concept, because if you go back into television advertising, you, you remember when stars tried to, you know, started to pair up, you know, pair up with coffee, you know, or, or uh, aspirin and do commercials, and it sold the product. So when you think about it, it's really nothing new. It's just though, but now it's it, it, the product that they were advertising was just coffee, or it was aspirin, and we know what aspirin did, and there's scientific studies on it. But now these celebrities are just going off on their own and coming up with their own, um, you know, uh, support for for any product or or any new gimmick that's out there, and, and it's really it's it's unbelievable. Gwyneth Paltrow, this whole book that you wrote on Gwyneth um, is is just eye-opening. And um, I was on her uh, website uh, this week, Goop, and um, what are some of the craziest things that that she sells? Oh, my gosh. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she, she sells products that are bogus, but she also sells ideas that are Bogus, right? You know, some of my, you know, the classic ones are, are you know, the vagina steam. Yeah, I'm sure you heard about that. You know, the women are supposed to detox their reproductive organs through a, a vagina steam, which is, you know, not only is it you know, scientifically ludicrous, it's also potentially dangerous. You know, she has pushed the ideas that you're supposed to let bees sting your face as an anti-aging um, approach. And, and of course, you know, that could result in anaphylaxis. And there's been situations where it has resulted right. in anaphylaxis, right? Uh, she also pushes things like colonics, you right. know, and, and and when I was writing my book, I actually got to um, meet with Gwyneth's doctor in Hollywood. I cannot mm. believe he agreed to meet with me, but he did. And that's one of the things he recommended I do as often as, <gasps> I, as I could, get a colonic, right? Um, for the show, Joan, we interviewed someone who got a colonic, and I can't even remember if this made the edit, uh, he got a, a colonic 50 days in a row <gasps> because he just got a divorce and he thought he needed to detox him, himself. Uh, that could really be harmful. I'm almost certain it was harmful, you know, when you get it done that, that often, right? So, you know, these are just some of the ideas. But then she also pushes, you know, Wi-Fi causes cancer, bras right. cause cancer, and then, you know, all these kind of extreme diets and crazy things about crystals that could go on and on. You know, I'm not really listening to you because I'm still on the 50 colonics. I'm still, I can't get past <laughs> that. I'm saying to myself, did the man leave his house for 50 days? I, I, I had a, oh my goodness. No, it is. I was looking at this uh, website and I'm saying, you got to be kidding me. And the interesting thing is the amount that people will pay for anything on the website. It was just, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me. So it's its almost now, you know, I don't mind that they have clothing or, you know, uh, you know beauty supplies or anything as far as if they're going to do like jewelry and things like that. But when you start coming into the health and wellness arena and you do things like you just said, which not only are, are not based on science, but potentially dangerous. I mean, I, I, do you know if she's ever been sued or for saying something or doing any harm? Uh, she she has, and in fact, if if there is any kind of you know light at the end of the tunnel, I think we are starting to see more pushback 
we are starting right. to see more pushback. So in California, a truth and advertising organization, in fact, we it's an NGO, we've actually been in contact with them, did bring a, uh, a truth and advertising complaint against Gwyneth. I think it was over 50 of her products, oh. you know, statements that she's made, and they won. And they won. Um, and she had to pay, I think, $145,000 uh, in damages, which isn't a lot of money, but symbolically, I think, right. for that is really important, right? right? And and one of the reasons that's important is because a lot of these regulatory mechanisms, truth and advertising, and even to some degree the FDA, they're complaint-driven, right? right? So people have got to speak up. So that's good news. A similar action is happening in the UK right now against against Gwyneth. And, and I think you made a really important point. You know, when I, when I first wrote the Gwyneth book, a lot of people would say, oh, relax. Uh, this is just for fun. No one takes this seriously. Well, A, a lot of people do take it seriously, right. unfortunately. And and she is representing this stuff not as some kind of, like, a, you know, fun astrology for entertainment purposes. You know, they, she's pushing it as if it's scientifically accurate and has real health implications, right? right? And so she really is inviting the world to think take this stuff seriously. And I think that's problematic. Right. And, you know, if anybody, uh, any celebrities, you know, cross the line and do that, what I'm afraid of, not only will they, they be harmful, but they might prevent a person from t- going for good medical care and do this as an alternative, thinking this is going to solve whatever their medical issue is. So it could delay treatment in uh, in getting care. And that, that really scares me. It scares me, too, and there's research to back up exactly what you just said. Uh, a very recent study came out, and it found that 40% of Americans, 40% believe alternative treatments can cure cancer. Mm. Um, so we're not talking about you know, wanting to do um, mindfulness right. to help with side effects or right. yoga to help with um, your quality of life. We're talking people believing alternative medicine can cure cancer. Um, that 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 is is dangerous. In a study that we just published in Lancet Oncology on crowdfunding for alternative therapies, we found that a third of the of the patients were foregoing conventional cancer treatment because of all of, yeah. uh, they found an alternative treatment that they were crowdfunding to get money for. Right. Um, so you're right, and and I think we can tie it to the magical thinking that is pushed by by pop culture more broadly, right, so that creates this tolerance for this kind of noise. Now, look, I, I, I really believe that if, if there's an alternative therapy that works, you know, we should keep an open mind, sure. but, but we should use, you know, if, if it's being portrayed as if it's effective, we should use science in order to make that determination. And for most of the stuff, the evidence just isn't there. Right. And you know what I do? I teach a, a big uh, intro to nutrition class uh, here at the university. And really, you know, it's for non-majors. So these people are, are, do not necessarily have a medical background, nor are they going to go into the field. But I always say that you're going to leave me and you're, you're scaring me because I, I want you, I'm teaching you how to critical think because you're going to leave me. Of course, nobody ever emails me after they leave. I just go off. But anyway, and, and I said, I want you to be able, when you see something about, you know, a, a, a cleanse or a detox, you say, wait, 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 let, let me see what science, I want to teach you um, how to really go through it and say, is this, is this, I mean, is this really based on, on good science? And, you know, Tim, I have a great background in nutrition, and I will get online and Google something, 
And something will come back that's crazy. And I'm reading. I said, you know, this sounds really convincing. And I know it's wrong. But it's like the way it's written. It's like, well, this is pretty convincing. And, and I'm, I'm saying they write it in such a way that if you – if you really don't understand it, or understand the science behind it, or understand you have to critically think, their their marketing is unbelievable. It, it is. I think you're right about that. And and unfortunately, I think it's getting increasingly difficult. You know, right. they're getting better and better at using sciency language to legitimize their practices. So it kind of sounds real. You know, I, I call it science exploitation, where they'll take. <laughs> Uh, you know, a real area of science, a really good example now is, is the microbiome and yes. this gut health. Right. So now detoxes, you know, cleanses, uh, supplements are all um, justified based on their microbiome research, which is real and it's an exciting area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they'll do is they'll use that terminolo- terminology to give their product this veneer right. of of scientific legitimacy and and it makes it like as you just pointed out it makes it really tough to tease out the real stuff right from from the nonsense right i mean just the word microbiome you're like oh i've i've heard of that now you know you ask somebody on the street i heard that and i heard it's good i i don't really know what it's about but i heard it's good so this whatever product must be on top of the science so they put the two together and um and and it's Big business. It is big business. This kind of selling. It's huge. You know, one estimate suggests it's $4.2 trillion (gasps) worldwide is the wellness industry, right? It is a huge industry. And they use, as you just said, they use these terms like they use quantum physics, right? Right. (laughs) They throw that phrase in there. They use stem cells. That's everywhere. Right. We've actually studied that. Yes. You know, they, they use that. And genomics, they throw yes. that in there just to give legitimacy uh, to their to their product. Right. It, it's very, very true. Trillions of dollars. T as in trillion. Oh, my goodness gracious. I thought it was just B as in billion, but what do I know? <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. So that is frightening. That's really frightening. And as you said, that the, you know, the FDA jumps on things when there's complaints, but Oftentimes, uh, they make a lot of money before there's complaints. Then there'll be a complaint. The FDA may step in. The product will go away. And guess what? It comes back very quickly under another name, uh, another title. So that's why it's buyer beware. And you really have to make sure that you get your uh, information from someone that knows what they're talking about and, and, and do no harm. Besides Gwyneth, what other celebrities do you find are out there that, that are big as far as get, you know, projecting health and wellness information that a lot of you know, college students are, are, are you know, looking to uh, follow? Well, there, are, there really are so, so many. Um, but let, let's use one, so we're not just picking on women yes. here, that I, I think you and I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Now, that, of course, is my idol, Tom Brady. <laughs> I just want to tell people this story and go back. I met this lovely man, Tim Caulfield, in Vienna uh, in 2017, and and he was the speaker, of course. And, and I tell you, if you're ever in a neighborhood that he's speaking, go run and go listen to him give a lecture on this because it's phenomenal. But anyway, in the beginning of these lectures, as a speaker, you always have to make your disclosures. You know, you have to say, like, okay, my funding, my, my research was funded by X, or I am on the advisory board of this, you know, company or organization or whatever. So I will never forget this, Tim. Your disclosure was, 
I just want to tell you that I'm from Canada, but I grew up in Massachusetts, and I am, you know, a, a, a crazy New England Patriots fan, and, and I would give my a kidney to Tom Brady. This is how you started this lecture. I will never <laughs> forget this. And then my question to you, my follow-up question is, would you give both kidneys? You know what? If it could secure a win... Probably. <laughs> okay. Probably. Okay. Good um, man. There's no I in team. That's good man, Faith. Good man. That's okay. right. That's good. All right. So get, talk about Tom, who is beloved in uh, New England. But go ahead. But, but he's a great example of you know, a, a celebrity that is pushing nonsense. You know, he's got this TB12 product line, right, right. and there is no science to back up any of it. And mm. it's presented in, you know, it, it, it kind of is a a male-focused Gwyneth, you know, branding, because it, 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 he presents it as if it, there is science there, and he uses sciencey-sounding words like pliability. You know, I went and saw a game at, at Foxborough, so I went by his store, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, there are all these T-shirts with the word pliability on it, as if it, that was enough to say this was, it works, right? Right, right, right. No evidence to back up any right. of that stuff, right? right? right. And, and you can't help but be swayed. And athletes in general, I think, are, you know, I get this a lot. I don't know if you get this, too, from people in the, in, in the public say, well, I mean, if an athlete is using it, it right. must work. They, right. they wouldn't use it if it didn't work. Well, it's actually quite the opposite. You know, they are under so much pressure to, to try anything to get an edge, to be, you know, on that field faster, uh, recover faster. So, you know, they're actually um, a source of misinformation. Right. And they, they create this impression that they have the keys to some secret knowledge, right? right? When that's not the case, you know, at all. And, um, and so Tom, unfortunately, is another good example. The other good example is Jessica Alba with her Honest Company. Right. You know, and what, yes. it, it, that company drives me nuts because not only does it, it push misinformation about stuff, but it's really founded on, on fear-mongering, right? right? That we, it's almost like we live in this dystopian world <laughs> that we need to protect our kids from. And if, and if you're not protecting your kids by using these products, you're almost an irresponsible parent. Right. So that, that company also drives – I think it's worth a billion dollars. When I was a parent raising the kids, and I'm sure you did the same thing, is that you don't know what you're doing. And, and then I don't know if there's a handbook, but you don't have time to read it. So you are so nervous about raising kids that you will believe anything and, and protect them. So something like if you're saying if you don't use these diapers or if you don't do this – your child's going to get ill. You're so nervous about that. And as you talk about it, it's, it's fearful. And people, again, don't follow the science and they get, um, they're worried if they don't do it, something's going to go bad. On Netflix, there was one that I was just, I was glued to, which, and you called it Beauty Bias. So what was that about? Yeah, that, that was in our our episode on on cosmetic surgery, which we actually filmed a lot of it in Korea, which was an amazing experience because, you know, cosmetic surgery has been completely normalized there. Mm. Um, It's viewed as something that you ought to do and sort of why wouldn't you do it? Um, And the beauty, the way the beauty bias comes up is it's this real biological response that we have cognitive bias we have to people who are, are more attractive. But you can see everything from income to grades to how you think of your professor to um, on and on is beauty, your attractiveness has an impact. And it's almost entirely positive, Mm. not 100%. You know, there are these rare situations where it's not ideal. 
Um, but in general, our world favors attractive people. So you can understand this compulsion, right, right. to to want to improve your looks. And then layer on top of that social media, you know, and we yeah. have these, you know, we are constantly looking at pictures of other people. Um, you know, our, our phones have become social comparison machines, right? right. Um, and that creates, I think, a lot of social angst and I think a lot of weird pressures, particularly for for the young, but, you know, ultimately for all of us. Right. You know, and, and that's, I mean, this is the truth that, you know, you, you used to get advice you know, from your immediate family, your friends, your cousins, whatever, any health and wellness, oh, go see this doctor, go take this, blah, blah, blah. But now your the world is your advice. Like you could get on social media, Facebook, Google, and, and Instagram, because Instagram can now have these gorgeous pictures. You know, I took this supplement, and this is what happened. And, 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 and it's frightening. It's really, really frightening where people can fall prey to believing, like what you just well just said, that if you take this, eat that, or whatever, um, it, this is going to be really fabulous for you. And and Instagram, you know, is booming now, and is very, very popular among college uh, students. It, it is very influential. In right. fact, we did a study, my colleague, Sandra Marcon, one of uh, our wonderful researchers, did a study on Instagram and, and breastfeeding, and how breastfeeding is portrayed on Instagram. And that turned out to be a good news story because, right. you know, it's portrayed very positively right. and it creates tolerance. So that's a good example of how pop culture can be a good force, right? Creating right. tolerance and acceptance. Uh, but then you have the other stuff. You have this fitspiration, all these things, you know, these fit, fitspiration uh, Instagram uh, sites. And this is, you know, images of, of women primarily, but men also, who are re- ridiculously fit, right? And this is supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be inspiring, hence right. inspiration, but really just makes you feel bad right. about your normal body, right? right. But, and, but, you know, so, how much is that is is photoshopped? Oh, a huge percentage. You know, that's, right. and that's, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this in some of my presentations. You know, what's interesting, because people say, oh, celebrities have always been around. It's true, you know, but we're not talking Grace Kelly right. in, in the pages of Life magazine. You know, that was like this other world, right? They felt distance and, and almost like it was a fantasy. Now you have celebrities that are sending you a picture of themselves from their bathroom and from their kitchen, and it looks very intimate. But in fact, that is still highly curated, right? right. And often completely staged. Right. And but but it, there's this illusion of closeness, this illusion of reality right. that I think heightens the influence that they can have over all of us. Right. We should remember how how problematic searches can be, right? I mean, um, uh, the if you search a, a phrase, um, and I've, I've done this for uh, a number of of topics. Often the first page will have, you know, results that are not necessarily that accurate. And even the top snippet, which is what is read by, you know, um, your computer, if you ask, you know, your phone, if you ask for help from Google to get a, a verbal response, is inaccurate, right? Mm. That top snippet is inaccurate. And research tells us that most people, 95%, don't go past the first page, and 30% only look at the top snippet, right? So search terms and you know, search results in themselves can be very misleading. So you've got to be critical there. T- but, Tim, why but, why are they inaccurate? Are they paid? They are paying to become first. What they're paying to be pushed up in the findings? Why are they mostly inaccurate? I, it's all it's all of the above, right? Okay. It's you know, what is what is searched the most? And I find um, that with the most polarized topics, that'll happen, right? right? Because um, you get people searching and tagging um, the polarized 
debate, right? So right. you get the, the good stuff and the bad stuff. For example, I did one, I, I searched raw milk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the tag, you know, the snippet at the top was uh, from a pseudoscientist, right? Mm-hmm. Complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. And that's what was read, but, but it was part of this polarized debate. And out of the top 10 results, only two were scientifically right. accurate in any way. Um, so that gives a, you a real sense of how problematic that, that right. can be. So that's a great point. In other words, you assume if it's topped, it's tops, but it isn't. It is, it could, it's more likely to be inaccurate, so go down deeper. Number one, I mean, this, is, this is found, seems obvious, but I'll say it anyway. Remember to think critically, mm-hmm. and I still do this. I still do this. I still remind myself, sort of what you said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get sucked into the narrative. You get right. you get pulled into the the presentation. Remember to think critically and ask yourself, you know, what was the source of the information? Right. What type of evidence was involved here? You know, was it a quality res- Is it quality research? Mm-hmm. Is it just you know correlation, or is there actually causation mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. What conflicts of interest might be involved? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, Number number two, I, I say, you know, look for a reputable science-based source. Mm-hmm. You know, develop some trusted sources of of information right. that that you know speak to you and that you know that you've already kind of vetted, so you can go back to them. And and there's great stuff out there. Mm-hmm. There really is. Um, but find what works for you. And, and remember, you know, a testimonial, no matter how compelling, mm-hmm. you know, you know whether it's Tom Brady <laughs> or uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, is not good evidence. You know, look for that. Look for, I always, I always say, look for a body of evidence. You know, don't believe just one study. Look for uh, a, a body of evidence. You know, it's not and, so funny about the testimonials because uh, when you ever go to a lot of these websites um, that sell products, you know, supplements or whatever, they'll always show you someone in a white lab coat with a scope around their neck, you know, playing the doctor. And I would say to my students in class, does that look like a doctor? I mean, who who dresses like that? You know, and it, but they always put up that one picture, making it, make it like, okay, a doctor okayed this. Yeah, and there'll be a beaker with blue fluid there in you, it. Right? There you go. Right, right, not red, but blue. Right, that's right. That's right. There's, oh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. And there's really interesting research, and we're doing a little work on this topic ourselves, that testimonials are very persuasive, yes. right? They're very persuasive. So, you know, guard yourself right. against that. Um, and, and the last one, probably a good idea to limit your yeah. social media use. You know, I love social media. Um, I'm on it a lot. Um, and there is really good content out there, and it's a great way to, to get that information. But there's also research that says, you know, it can be harmful if you're right. on there too much. Um, there's a lot of useless stuff and a lot of noise that can affect how we think about things. Right. So. I guess, you know, the key is to be strategic how you use social media. Right. And, and as you said, is, you know, maybe uh, follow people who are credible that, that are giving you the, the right information, accurate, and do no harm, and it's based on science. If you hear from Tim Caulfield, you know <laughs> it is spot on. How does that sound? It is. I, I like that endorsement. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Tim. And again, we will put all the links to his fabulous books and his Netflix show um, on uh, Spot on Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Spot On. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joan Salji Blake. Please subscribe to Spot On through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcasts. Also, visit our Facebook page to join the conversation and tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes. 
And oh, by the way, could you ask five of your friends or family members to download Spot On and subscribe to it? Do I ask a lot from you?